and welcome back to the Sister in Faith podcast, episode number two, where you've got a sister in faith in me to walk through life with. I'm your host, Shirley, and today we've got a really exciting topic. First of all, I apologize for my voice. I know that I said I would publish every Monday, but as you can tell, I got hit with laryngitis and I actually completely lost my voice over the weekend. So I appreciate you bearing with me with my raspiness for this episode, but I just wanted to get it out there as soon as possible. Have you ever heard people say, God is with you or God is near the brokenhearted? What does that even mean? Especially when you can't physically see him or hear him or a little more abstractly, feel him. I remember watching people go through tough times in life and they'd say, I know God is with me, as if it gave them this sense of hope and strength to move forward. But how? Like every time I got hit with an obstacle, I'd ask Jesus to fix it or make it go away. And when he didn't, I'd abandon my faith completely. I mean, what's the point? It's not like believing in him changed my circumstances. What was I actually gaining from my faith? More disappointment on top of what I was already going through. That's what. But what if I told you that your relationship with Jesus isn't about him being your genie in a a bottle who will grant every wish you wish? And that he cares more about our character, our soul, and our heart than what's going on around us. When we decide to give our life to Jesus, he begins his work in us. What do I mean by giving my life to Jesus? It means that I let go of trying to control everything in my life and surrender to him. It means that I believe that he is the son of God and that he was put on earth to redeem us and reconcile us back to God. Okay, that's a lot. And that took me a long time to actually understand. So Let's go way back to Genesis, to Adam and Eve. When God first created them, he created them in a perfect world where there was no death, sickness, or evil. Everything was good, but God gave them free will, just like he gives us free will. And they chose to eat the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that was the first time sin entered into the world, And it's led to the reality we live in today. In the Old Testament, before Jesus was born, the Israelites reconciled with God through animal sacrifice as an atonement for their sins. I think of it as a means by which God would deal with the Israelites' sin and provide a reliable system to maintain a right relationship between himself and the sinful humans. So instead of punishing the Israelites for their sins... God loved them so much that he accepted a sacrifice in exchange of staying in covenant with them. Okay, I'm an avid animal lover and the thought of this type of sacrifice just makes me really sad. So if you're interested in learning more about it, I encourage you to read Leviticus in the Bible, but I'm going to move on. Anyway, then Jesus was born, the son of God, and he lived his life completely free of sin. Long story short, he was crucified for no good reason. Like, people were threatened by his teachings, and they didn't like that he claimed he was the king of Jews, which he was. And his crucifixion represented the greatest sacrifice in history because he was so pure and because he was a son of God. Remember that sin was punishable by death and eternal separation from God. 
And Jesus never sinned, yet he was betrayed and killed. So by this sacrifice, his death created a bridge between humans and God. And whether or not we cross that bridge is actually up to us. As Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And because Jesus was raised from the dead three days later, there was triumph over death. I think of it like a do-over from when Adam and Eve screwed things up. Jesus' death and resurrection reestablished a connection between us and God as God had intended originally, a connection that is immediate once you decide to give your life to Jesus. And because Jesus conquered death, those who believe in him are promised an eternal life where there is no more pain, no more suffering, and we would not be separated from God. So with that backstory, let's circle back to how that relates to where God is when you need him the most. I know it sounds cliche, but through Jesus, he's always there. Jesus' sacrifice gave you a direct line to him. Sometimes he'll make himself known, and other times you just have to rely on faith. But if you believe what the Bible says is true, then you can believe that he is there even when you don't feel his presence. This reminds me of a verse I once read in Deuteronomy 2, 7, where Moses was speaking to the Israelites who complained nonstop while they were in the wilderness for 40 years before they reached the promised land. That verse reads, For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has watched your every step through this great wilderness. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. So some of us claim that if we just saw one miracle, we would believe without a shadow of doubt. But honestly, would we? The Israelites, they saw the Red Sea part. They saw bread rain from the sky and water pour out of a rock, and still they didn't trust the process. But instead, they complained to Moses about being hungry and thirsty despite being provided for throughout their journey. So here are my thoughts based on this verse. In the wilderness, you may not feel or see that God is there, but He is, just like He was there for the Israelites, even though they were blind to it. In the wilderness, when you're going through a tough time, it's not a time to feel God, but to strengthen your faith and know God through your spirit and not through your emotions. There are at least 36 verses in the Bible that states God is with you. So choose to believe that he is with you even when you don't feel it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. You know that saying, love is a choice? Belief is a choice too. Faith is a choice. Just like how sometimes you don't feel love towards someone because you're upset with them, but you still choose to act lovingly toward them. Or maybe there's a friend or family member in your life who, even when they are upset with you, you know that they still love you, even though you don't feel it in the moment. So where is God when you need him the most? Choose to believe he is with you, right in the thick of it when you don't feel him near. Know that he is near and find comfort in that. I think that another way God reveals himself to us is by speaking to us. I don't mean audibly even though I do know a couple of people who claim they have heard God speak audibly to them. But for most of us, I don't think it's that obvious. 
All of us want to hear from God, though, especially when we're at a crossroad, feeling lost or depressed. But how do we hear from Him and what does it sound like? Look, I'm going to be real with you. If you do not spend time reading the Bible, getting to know the character of God, or spend time in prayer, it is going to be really difficult to hear from Him. I once heard it explained this way. Think about the people who are closest to you. A parent, a sibling, a best friend, people who know you inside and out. You know how they think. You can predict what they're going to say or how they're going to react to something. Do you ever think to yourself, this is what my mom would say, or what my best friend would say, or my mentor would say. How did you get to that point with them? This insight certainly didn't get built overnight. You spent time getting to know them and their character, right? This works the same way with God. The more you get to know who He is, the more you'll be able to hear Him. He becomes that voice in your mind. Similar to maybe when you were a child reaching for a cookie before dinner and you can hear your parents' voice telling you not to. But of course you chose to ignore it. And, you know, how do you know that it is God's voice versus your own voice or all of the other voices that may be crowding your mind? His voice, what he says, will always align with the Bible. But you wouldn't know unless you know what's written in the Bible. You wouldn't know whether something aligns with his character if you haven't taken the time to get to know his character. Your relationship with him is the single most important thing you'll ever have more important than any earthly relationship. So take the time to spend with him like you do everyone else that's important in your life. Choose to believe he is with you even when it doesn't feel like it. And if you want more of him, spend more time with him. All right, if you're on Spotify, let me know through the interactive poll whether you believe God is with you even when it doesn't feel like it. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with your friends and family and subscribe. Have a wonderful week.